Welcome back to the African Defence Review Podcast. I'm Richard Stupart, and tonight we're back in South Africa discussing the deployment of the armed forces, or at least a very specific 441 of them, to the State of the Nation address tomorrow. Uh, with me online, we're chatting to John Stupart, the managing editor of African Defence Review, and Darren Olafe, our Southern African correspondent. Maybe, well, so welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, John, maybe to start off, can you give us some background as to what exactly the fuss is that, that's going on about the deployment of soldiers to the State of the Nation address? Okay, so very late in uh, Tuesday night, a press release was issued by the presidency authorizing the release or the deployment of 404, rather up to 441 SNDF members um, to the State of the Nation address with a specific mandate to support the SAPF, SAPS, rather, um, to enforce law and order. That was a specific warning. Now, um, this became a almost immediate outrage amongst media and various pundits and opposition uh, parties, simply because of the, the law and order thing. And I think it, um, it generated a lot, and I do mean a lot of criticism, which is still resonating um, as, of, as of this recording. Um, and I think what has happened is that there's been a lot of confusion between the SNDF uh, role or, or what they're doing with regards to the, the SAPS, what their relation is, is to the presidency, um, and how this all sort of ties in as to what's going to happen tomorrow. I think these can broadly be summed up into two large categories in the sense of looking at the political um, shenanigans, for lack of a better word, um, behind this, this press release or the statement by the presidency, um, and the actual realistic security ramifications, um, which, I, which I think Darren might be able to better comment on. Um, so I think, um, to, if, if it's all right, I'll just chat a little bit about the political side of things. Um, in that regard, um, to take what um, we were discussing earlier and say, well, if you take a very, very narrow interpretation of the, the release um, by President Zuma, it's, it is technically legal to authorize the deployment of soldiers to uh, augment the SAPS uh, to enforce law and order. The law and order being a specific wording as enforced in the Defense Act itself. Um, and I think that that wording was certainly deliberate by the presidency. Now, that's a narrow view. We cannot really look at it that way um, going into the State of the Nation address tomorrow, which is probably one of the most politically charged days in South Africa's calendar or political calendar for the year. Um, looking at the timing, President Zuma quite probably, and I stand a correction of this, um, did not need to issue this authorization immediately. Um, I think by, the, by law of the Defense Act, he has up to seven days to notify Parliament, um, but he chose to do it the, you know, on Tuesday. And I think that that cannot be ignored. And I think that does speak to various political motivations behind it. Um, circulating through the media, and I think this is what's going to um, segue maybe into the the security side of, of things, Darren, is that um, there's been a lot of almost hysteria about what the role of the SNDF is going to be under Zuma's mandate. Um, you know, I've heard everything today in the space of we're going, it's, they're going to act as President Zuma's bodyguards to they're going to be traipsing about parliament um, 
to they're going to be sort of shooting protesters left, right, and center. And I think none of these are particularly um, valid. But I, I think Darren, I think maybe if you want to, if you want to kick off from there. So Darren, why do we need soldiers? I suppose is kind of the first and most obvious question. Okay, so first of all, some background. Um, the Constitution in Section Two Hundred One and the Defence Act in Sections Eighteen, Nineteen, and Twenty. Uh, have always allowed for soldiers to be deployed internally in South Africa in support of the police. Um, this is a compromise that was made, uh, you know, around the, the time of the transition, because there are some some conditions where the police might not be able to cope with certain requirements around manpower or equipment or whatever. Um, so over the last few, well, I mean, since '94, uh, the SANDF has often helped the police in many different ways. Uh, most often it's really just been about, you know, providing transport or similar things like uh, providing flights and RXs. But occasionally, as for example, with the riots, uh, the, sorry, the combating the xenophobia riots uh, in 2014, I think it was, um, the SNDF acted as a kind of a, um, an outer perimeter security. So what they did is they uh, provided the outer perimeter around the operations and that then freed up more officers to go in and actually uh, perform the work. So typically when you see uh, the SNDF backing up the police in these operations, it's almost always about uh, just a manpower issue and providing the outer security. It's very, very rare that you have security provided on an inner um, perimeter basis. And the main reason for that is that um, the, the Defense Act uh, limits the powers that soldiers have when they're acting in support of the police. So in some regards, they are treated as peace officers with the same status as police, except they may not um, investigate crimes. And they may not uh, indefinitely or uh, well, arrest and detain somebody uh, over a period of time. Anybody who is detained has to be handed over to the SAPS within a virtual period of time. Plus, there have to be uh, you know certain rules of engagement, a code of conduct has to be applied. So, in practice, the the approach that's being made is that uh, South Africa has been split into well, each province has a provincial joint operations command, and uh, these then report into the national joint operations command, and um, what you have essentially is whenever the, the SNDF assists the police, they operate through the provincial um, joint operations command, and that then has very strict rules on, on what can and can't be done and uh, what's agreed to. So with that in mind, uh, the reason you'd have soldiers at an event like this would only make sense if you're expecting to have something that would require a significant amount of, of, of police manpower and which would well, essentially... Uh, require not only, uh, well, yeah, significant movement around the city and, and a significant manpower and the need to be able to free up officers to focus on certain areas. Is it reasonable to think that the SAPS couldn't find 440 officers to fill in on a day like this? I mean, that's the big question. You know, uh, the numbers of soldiers deployed in, in Operation uh, Fila, which was the, the, the counter xenophobic rights, was, was, was quite a lot higher you often had uh, at least an equal number of soldiers to police. In this case, you know, as you said, 441 soldiers is not a hell of a lot. And um, when you have that many cops, it doesn't seem to make sense, especially when soldiers are going to be kept in reserve. From what we understand, most will be kept uh, at the castle and some uh, really around the city, but none uh, in the precinct itself. So that's not quite clear yet. Um, and uh, the claims of, of the potential threat, uh, according to News24, in terms of a, uh, a mass protest, don't seem to justify this kind of, of, of a contingency. It seems more like posturing, to be honest, and uh, perhaps even a little bit of paranoia. That said, though, uh, 
as, as I mentioned before, with regards to the, the rules under which the sources operate, it isn't like they have the ability or the rights or the powers to just um, go and guns blazing. They are under very strict rules of engagement, and in many ways, they're actually less capable of, of restoring order than police are because of those very strict rules of engagement. They're also actually not as well equipped for, for public order policing as well the police. I mean, the you know, things like tear gas, stun grenades, um, even just procedures for, for sort of posturing force, you know, riot shields, all these kinds of things are not not in the standard inventory of your average rifleman coming from what might be nine sire over you know, over the hill in Cape Town. So John, what is then the justification being from the presidency for this? Is it have they said it's for crowd control or for preventing some sort of external threat? Well, there have been sort of speculation about an external threat, but the Secretary for Parliament has flatly, as of today, denied uh, any knowledge of any real threat. I mean, as Darren said, the, the Department of Soldiers in this kind of regard um, would only make sense in a, a, a an imminent threat, or a, but in a large-scale threat. And I think in that regard, you're looking at you're looking at a almost not, not quite 9-11 scale kind of terror attack, but you're looking at a very, very significant and very severe sort of terror attack um, or, or widespread violent protests. And by violent, I don't mean rock throwing. I mean something like armed protesters with, with firearms um, opening fire on uh, policing and civilians and cabinet ministers alike. Um, and I think in that regard, yes, uh, an SNDF standby force makes a little bit more sense to have a little bit more extra firepower at hand if the you know push comes to shove. Um, but what doesn't make sense, um, as we're talking about here, is the, the political messaging behind it, which very much screams as, as a little bit of opportunism, as using this, this SNDF authorization is almost like a... Um, well, we're doing this. There's, there's possibly a threat. We don't know. It, it, the, the presidency's statement was incredibly vague. Um, so we're going to do this, um, and it's within our rights to do it. And that's it. Um, and I think in that regard, that's very much a, a play, perhaps, by the presidency at, at trying to sort of pacify at least some of the more extreme uh, uh, resistance or protests uh, that, that are almost inevitably going to happen tomorrow. Darren, do you agree with that assessment? You know, you've seen over the last, uh, especially five years, uh, the number of bodyguards around President Zuma has escalated massively, not only in terms of, well, obviously the, the numbers have increased, but also the type of gear they carry. They're now bristling with, with weaponry and uh, in full camouflage. There was a report, uh, one of the last two sonars, that the President's jet was in standby to whisk him out in case of, of, of any danger. So, you know, these are not really things that are justified according to the threat level. But it does speak to a level of paranoia inside the, the, the government that might explain this kind of action. Something else, though, which is actually worth mentioning, is this would make a lot more sense if the skills, well, if the 441 or however many are deployed. Because obviously, um, very often um, when you authorize soldiers or uh, the deployment, uh, the authorization is for more soldiers than actually deployed. It's to allow for uh, you know, extra soldiers to be added if necessary. But it would make sense if these were specialist skills. So I have seen mentions in some areas about uh, uh, anti-chemical and biological warfare uh, specialists. But um, that conflict with, with the report today out of Defence Web, which claims that uh, the soldiers are primarily from Nainsai, and Nainsai doesn't have any specialist skills within it. It's just a regular uh, infantry unit. 
So, yes, I mean, um, uh, if there are indeed special skills, that would account for at least some of the members. But uh, that wouldn't explain why this hasn't been seen in that kind of size or detail uh, previously. And, John, the number of 441 soldiers is very idiosyncratic. Where does that come from? Um, I think that would be the, the, the sort of maximum conceived number for a specific force. To, to answer simply, it comes from whoever the, the, the military planner was who was instructed to, to come up with a number to present to the presidency. 441 speaks very much of a, um, at least in South African orders of battle, especially when you look at something like Nine Signer and the infantry uh, sort of component, it, it very much speaks of a company plus, a company plus being just your normal complement of, of soldiers and the company size looking at about 250 to 350, um, with that extra bit being comprised of either command and control or, as Darren says, specialist units. I think in this case, specialist units may perhaps even just be supply um, and, and sort of transport transport units. Could, hypothetically, if you put your conspiracy hat on, it could be tactical intelligence, and that's in terms of setting up listening posts and things like that, trying to intercept um, a sort of hostile radio intermission, uh, transmissions and things like that. But, I mean, I, I really, really doubt it would be something like that. So I think in, in that regard, the 441 number, it's it's simply just a, um, a number that was drawn up when, well, if not 441, it, it could well be 800 to 900 if you're going to deploy a battalion. Um, but that, that would almost certainly be seen as even more excessive. Um, 441 is significant in the sense of um, it is a, it's actually a really conservative number of soldiers to deploy in any kind of operation, especially internally. Um, you know, and I think in that case, that, that's been largely overlooked. That's that a company plus complement of soldiers, and as Darren says, it might not even be 441. It could be 200. It could be 10. And how long will the, would a, a deployment order of this kind, Darren, typically last for? So, would the presidency have authorized these soldiers for the day, uh, for the morning, the whole week? It was for actually I cannot, it was for ten days according to the the statement. If I, if I remember right, I think it was the fifth to the fifteenth. And is that normal that you would have soldiers for ten days? I mean, Sona is only after all a day. Uh, yes, because you have to plan for both the um, mobilize, mobilize the soldiers and demobilize them. So technically, the author, that that will include you know obviously transport from their their barracks and uh, equipping any kind of additional training they require. So uh, anytime you see the president authorizing a, a, a deployment, it typically includes uh, both some lead time and some uh, post time afterwards to allow for those phases. And then maybe one final question to, to end on, um, John, maybe. You were talking about possibly having people doing radio jamming, that kind of thing. I have to ask, is there a likelihood that we're going to see a repeat of cell phone jamming gate that happened last year? God, I hope not, um, I think would be the short answer. The the government has, or rather the SSA has assured that, at least for its part, it will not be jamming any signals. And I think that's, well, at least that's one security agency out of the picture. But, I mean, there's, there are going to be pretty much anybody from the security cluster and their dog will be involved or represented at the Sona tomorrow. And I think, you know, the, I wouldn't rule anything out. I would also actually sort of caution something else that actually just occurred to me is that there's going to be a lot of reaction tomorrow in Parliament 
based on the the sight of camouflage people in Parliament grounds. And I think a lot of the the less experienced media houses may actually misinterpret that as the SNDF presence, when it might actually be the Presidential Protection Unit, could be the Special Task Force, and it could be a, a number of other police units that are, have every right and every duty, in fact, I would argue, to be at near the National Assembly on, on Sona Day. Um, and I think that's that's quite an important thing to, to, to look out for. And I, I can only suggest that if you're not sure, uh, take a look at ADR or, or follow us up on Twitter and we'll be sure to let you know. Just to add to that, um, there's no indication as yet that the SNDF will be anywhere near the National Assembly tomorrow. I know that has been one of the concerns that has been raised over the last, you know, the past few days, uh, but that, that isn't at all, you know, that doesn't appear to be happening at all. So yes, if you do see anybody in camouflage, almost certainly is uh, SAPS, and if you're uncertain, uh, you know, give us a shot. Great. And on that note, we will leave it till tomorrow morning to see how this all plays out and play Spot That Man in Camo. Thank you both for your time.